Good morning. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I'm Janine, and this is Get the Funk Out. Standing by to join us is Catherine Cat Kramer, founder of Cat Kramer's Films That Changed the World. She's also the daughter of a legendary producer, director, Stanley Kramer. Good morning, Cat. Hi, how are you? Great. Thanks for taking the time to call in. Absolutely. Big Tell, week. Yes, <laughs> yes. Tell the listeners a little bit about the origins of Cat Kramer's Films That Changed the World, if you could, please. Well, I'm a, a pr- primarily a performer, an actress, a producer, um, and a filmmaker, and a writer, but also an activist. And my father was filmmaker Stanley Kramer, uh, who made 35 socially conscious films. Um, wow. Award-winning, but also they all broke the rules, I mean, changed a lot of the laws, and he really, you know, was trying to change the world without really making that a mission, but he wanted to tell these stories about subjects that we didn't want to address in society. So we have the Stanley Kramer Theater, um, which is a screening room on the lot at Sunset Gower, Sunset Bronson Studios, which opened a few years ago uh, on the lot there, and that studio was previously Columbia, where he made a lot of his films, including Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. So I came up with this idea to start programming you know, new filmmakers, uh, but I wanted them to all be only, you know, socially conscious films because in, in a sense, I'm carrying on my father's tradition even just by presenting right. not just older filmmakers, you know, classic films, but new films and new documentaries. And I started with Yentl because um, it was the um, 25th anniversary of Barbara Streisand's um, masterpiece, and that was a film that my father and I always loved. Love that film. And not only is you know was she the first woman in history to wear all those hats, uh, she even wrote it, uh, directed it, starred in it, produced, sang the music. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, she Here's it was ba- her baby, and yes. she. Um, at the time, uh, you know, had a hard time even getting all the credit on it because that it, it still was the boys' club, and right. she broke a lot of ground. But I also love the message in the film and what it said about women's empowerment, so I made that the first one in the series, and I just kind of started small, invited about 100. It was all women. We had it on what, during Women's History Month. And I was lucky to get um, the Bergmans and Marilyn Bergman, who did, they did the music and won uh, Academy Awards for Yentl. She was the keynote speaker, and I had a lot of activists, um, which is a term that, I, that I've heard that I kind of incorporated for my series. I like that. Because they're, you know, um, actors and actresses that are performers that are known to the public that use their voice for social issues and, you know, incorporate it into their work, or sometimes they just are, they become activists on a certain issue. So, mm-hmm. but I decided, you know, it wasn't enough just to screen the film and have speakers. I wanted to highlight what women were going through in the world and women's issues that were, you know, really taboo. I mean, things sure. that we don't even address here. And so I chose Women of the Congo and and the genocide that was happening, uh, kind of to prove that while Yentl had to disguise herself as a male to study, today women have to just dis- uh, disguise themselves or just hide because they're raped and yes. murdered in, in parts of the world. So I thought we haven't come that far. But the event was such a success that it kind of, I felt like my father was orchestrating it a bit. Oh, um, I love that. Yeah, because yeah. each one has taken on a life of its own. So then I've, you know, taken on, like, animal rights issues, 
uh, bullying, nuclear issues, environmental, um, and still women's issues, and now having uh, the rape issue and child abuse with uh, the first time I'm having it at UCLA campus, actually, because it was always somewhere at Sunset Gower, Sunset Bronson, even at the Cannon screening facility, which is part of the lot, and because of my father's um, having made a lot of his films there, I wanted to keep it there, but he actually donated all of his archives to UCLA many, many years ago, which started the special collections, and we have a Stanley Kramer Fellowship in directing there at UCLA uh, film uh, and television, so, you know, it seems like the, the natural fit to also not only present it there, but have a film, one film that's about child abuse um, and rape of children, and then to have The Hunting Ground, which is, you know, a famous film about the rape epidemic on college campuses across the country, but to actually have it on a college campus. Yes, it makes sense. Yeah. 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 So it's right in everybody's face. They can't scoot away from the issues. They have to face them. And I've always had a lot of students and young activists and, you know, even teenagers um, coming to support my screening series, but this time I'm really reaching out to them because of the Hunting Ground being a film that, you know, so many people haven't even seen it yet, as many awards as it's won, and Lady Gaga and Diane Warren writing the theme song that mm-hmm. Gaga performed in the Academy Awards, which she uh, they didn't win, but they got standing ovation that I think... In a way, they won the evening because everybody sure. remembers that moment. Yes, How with the rape survivors on stage, I think you know people really need to see this film, and a lot of people coming haven't seen it yet. So, Kat, that's me, in excu- itself. Let me ask you, Cat. Excuse me. So, if people cannot attend the UCLA event, how can they go about seeing the film? Um, if they can't attend, mm-hmm. I know that the Hunting Ground is available on DVD and iTunes. I mean, I uh, I think Blu-ray. I'm not sure. Okay, I'd have to check into that. I know, but I know it's available um, and has come out because it's. We actually gave it the Stanley Kramer Award at the Producers Guild uh, in 2016. But Court of Conscience hasn't been released yet, um, and this oh, is really the premiere of that film. So. Yeah. Um, I think James Haven, who is the you know the creator of the film, uh, has plans for that, and it will be coming out. It's a twenty-minute short, but okay. this really is the you know premiere. Yes, and I'm happy to be able to present them back to back. Just, I think it's amazing. Get them out there, you know. Right. I mean, because you're giving all these opportunities to new films and filmmakers that w- they wouldn't normally have this opportunity, maybe. Exactly. I think it's Yeah, great. and I get a lot of submissions all the time, and there's still five more films that I'm going to present. It's just a matter of, uh, I mean, five films that have already been selected, in, you know, ready to premiere, and that will be coming up because uh, the 10th anniversary will be probably later this year. I can't believe it's actually been 10. <laughs> so far, that's amazing. Yes. When I first started it, but also, you know, uh, Anton Yelchin, who was an amazing actor who died tragically, um, last year, this was his um, final performance, really, and this will be, I think, um, That's the be. last thing that and if everyone's seen that he's done. Oh. And his mom's going to be there. Family, and it's going to be like a very Whoa, I have emotional yes. moment. Yes, um, cause, so we're dedicating the day to him too. Oh, good. Yeah. Now, tell me about. And, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Continue. 
Oh, well, I wanted to say he, um, he never actually was able to attend Cat Kramer's films that changed the world. He knew about what I was doing presenting these films, and he always wanted to be there, but it never worked out for his schedule. So mm-hmm. I just think it's, it's very bittersweet that I'm actually presenting his final film, and he'll be there in spirit, but yes. uh, I just think that's, I don't know, it gives me goosebumps to think about it oh, and um, what the movie has to say and that John Voight will be there and is very brave to be in this film that his son, this is his son's debut as a director. So um, wow. I just think it's historical in itself yes. that both these films are going to be presented together um, in one afternoon, and uh, yes, I'm trying to reach as many college and high school students mm-hmm. and educators as possible. They don't just have to be affiliated with UCLA. Um, I'm reaching out to sure. even UCLA. college campuses yeah. around the city okay, so that they know about it. So is there a website people can go to for more information? At this point, the best thing they can do, because it's this coming Saturday, and a, a lot of my regular um, followers and core supporters of the series are already attending, for outreach, the best thing they can do is um, email me directly to my office, and we can make the arrangements. Um, We did that once with uh, my um, seventh installment. We only had 10 tickets, and it was a giveaway. But in this case, um, we're overbooking as much as possible so that everybody has a chance to see it, even if we have to bring chairs in. So my email address directly is uh, K&K Production Inc. at cs.com. That's letter K, letter N as in Nancy, K, production, I-N-C, which is Inc., at cs.com. Fantastic. So they can directly reach my office, and um, we'll definitely make sure that, you know, once we reach capacity, but I'm planning to invite as many people as possible all the way Till up until Saturday. Great. Do you want to yeah. talk for a minute about Child of the 70s and your solo show, My Duet with Nick? Yes, yeah. I'm actually okay. um, on a web series, but also on television now in certain markets. Um, but it started on the web called Child of the 70s. It was uh, created and stars uh, Michael Vaccaro. Mm-hmm. And I came on in seasons three and four, and we're getting ready for... Season five, we're actually going to be in. Pre- we're in pre-production now. We're going to be shooting this summer, but um, you know, it's a very interesting role that I created, uh, Francis Rye, and this is a very campy, silly, over-the-top show. Mm-hmm. There's nothing serious about it. That's I mean, all right. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> so it's completely opposite of the social issues mm-hmm. and seriousness of the series. Um, but Francis Rye is a like a typical diva, cliche soap opera star very demanding and abuses a lot of people in sight and so it was fun playing her but the best part about it is I get to play some other characters not only that she plays on the soap but in the plot I actually morph into um, Rabbi Herbert Schweitzergold (laughs) and (laughs) Miko Mingling Makata which are two characters I'm actually going to be taking outside the show. So I was lucky to be able to have the chance to introduce them on the show, mm-hmm. but I have the permission to take them outside the show. And I also played Alice the Maid and Magenta De Beers on season three. So That's season fantastic. five, we're supposed to be keeping, you know, no one, well, we don't even know the entire plot yet, but I mean, it'll be kept under wraps. 
And I've actually um, submitted for an Emmy nomination for season four. I'm on the uh, ballot for your consideration. So Incredible. if any Emmy voters, uh, Television Academy members are listening, mm-hmm. <laughs> please check out the clips hint, hint. on the site. <laughs> Love and that it. just also helps the show and, and sure. spread awareness that it's happening because there's just so many web series right now, um, which is great. And um, I, I can't tell you how many people are, you know, big names are entering the world of web series. And we'll have some oh, special guests coming up on season five as well. I and then my solo show is um, my duet with Mick is my one-woman show. I've already... Um, premiered it, but I'm revamping it and developing it, and it'll, the new incarnation of it will launch uh, uh, 2018, so okay. I'll definitely let you know the dates of that. And, oh, good. Um, but I'm you know, going to be workshopping it, uh, the new version, later this year, and um, it'll be you know, something that I hopefully will tour with and be a, a staple of what I do for many years to come. It's kind of That's my great. vehicle in that sense, so... Fantastic. Yeah, it's, um, you know, a lot of characters in that as well. Can you, and music. We have to wrap up in about a minute, but can you give mm-hmm. any advice for people who perhaps are they are in the entertainment field? Because I know, you know, we go through these ups and downs, and you obviously you do a ton of different things. How do you stay so positive? That's a great question because, you know, everybody has challenges. But I think the most important thing uh, is just to which sounds kind of like, oh, you know, simple advice, but just keep going and believe in your dreams and not give up because, you know, I don't listen to a lot of advice. I mean, I take it in stride, but if someone gives me advice and it doesn't feel right uh, intuitively, then I don't follow it. Right. And I think too many people are, you know, stop what they're doing because they were told, oh, you know, you shouldn't do that, but they really shouldn't listen to what other people say. They have to listen to what's in their heart. Right. And, um, yes, developing your own projects and content, I still think for any actors or filmmakers or creators, that's really the way to go. Absolutely. In this industry. Well, unfortunately, we do have to wrap up, but I hope to meet you sometime. It's been Yeah, I would love to. to. Yeah, if you want to come, let me know. Okay. Now, we're, people are still RSVPing, but I would say probably by the end of the, probably by Thursday, it would be full. So Okay. <laughs> Wonderful. All right. Well, I yeah. want to thank you so much, Kat, for calling in, and it's been a pleasure chatting with you. Absolutely. You as well. All right. Take thank care. Thank you so much. All right. Bye-bye. Have a great day. You too. Bye. Bye. That was Catherine Kat Kramer calling in. She's a founder of Kat Kramer's Films That Changed the World, and she's the daughter of the legendary producer-director Stanley Kramer. If you missed any part of this segment, it will be up on my show blog within an hour or so after I wrap. We're going to take a little break, and then Cindy and Beth Koble are going to join me in just a bit uh, to talk about Cindy's book. It's an incredible story coming out. I'm not even going to give it away. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. <laughs> 